the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. of the ring we're here there man with my co-host the chadster there man and stuff and everything how are you doing chadster do you know what i'm saying i i think i do yes i uh took a break from mowing the lawn i came inside to record with you and we are uh, ready to tackle the greatest topic we could on doink side of the ring the intercontinental title championship victories of razor ramon hey do you remember what lawnmower man was about uh, the lawnmower man, I don't actually, I don't recall. What would you happen to know? It's about an adult man with special needs develops an addiction to uh, a video game. That's right. And he gets, doesn't he get transformed into the video game? Certainly does. Job, who becomes one with the game. And then there's a lawnmower man too, which I've seen, but cannot remember. So that was a fascinating topic for me to bring up. You know, I got confused with Lawnmower Man and Dark Man for a second. That's why I uh, took a, it took me a moment. But do you want to talk about a movie that's pretty damn good? Go watch Dark Man. You want to watch there, a, man. Chris, you want to watch a Christmas <laughs> film that's pretty good? Go watch Fat Man starring Mel Gibson. <laughs> okay, hey, that's the thing about Mel Gibson, which ties into today's topic of Scott Hall. Yeah, uh, an incredibly flawed person with the real bad side to them. But you couldn't help but love them. 
Yes, that is a very good point. Um, I don't know if anybody's heard by now, but Scott Hall passed away. Uh, actually, during my recording last week, Husey, if you can believe it, uh, doing the episode about the click and the curtain call. Uh, he was on life support when we started. Or excuse me, he was taken off life support when we started and breathing on his own. And then he was dead by the time the episode was finished recording. So very sad. Yeah, it's it's it is crazy because uh like there's a lot of on Facebook I seemingly have one friend and let me finish. Uh I, I know one person in real life who actually likes wrestling and Scott Hall died. The amount of RIP messages that were going up by uh normal people was was shocking. Like because he, he really was <laughs> Here's my hot take. Scott Hall was a very good wrestler. Yeah, that's a good one. Did you think of that one today? Or I was you... just thinking right there off the top of my head. I should, I should say that on the air. It's good content. Uh, did you ever meet Scott Hall? I did, yes. I worked with Scott Hall twice and met him as a uh, fan once. So that's three times. Uh, any good stories? It's not like uh, it's to you. You know, in 2000, maybe four, I remember uh, John Paz, myself, and a couple buddies of ours went to New York City to Caroline's Comedy Club right down there on Broadway, man. And we uh, we met Hall and Nash, and it was uh, it was pretty awesome because they weren't doing many of those dual appearances at that point. And uh, I mean, X-Pac might have been there, too. I can't remember. But cool as hell. And that was during that, like, Kings of Wrestling time and TNA, so they were just getting that little bit of a resurgence. And that was, um, you know, kind of he was still in the middle of some stuff. Uh, the other two times that I worked with him at uh, conventions in 2017 and 18 or 2018 and 19. I can't remember the years. He was awesome both times, especially the NWO reunion. That was off the charts. That was a very fun time. You know, they, they tried doing a thing in the UK, in England, about probably six, eight, six to eight years ago. Where Nash Hall and X Pac uh, did a, a touring show, mm-hmm. and it was such a complete disaster because apparently the the company that ran it didn't reveal the prices for stuff until oh, people were at the show. <laughs> so then you get to the show; it's something like uh, like a hundred dollars for a photograph uh, separately, but if you want a group picture, it's like five hundred. Oh my so, god! And then you have to pay a lot more for autographs and stuff. So uh, everyone who was at the venue had to then leave to go find an ATM because I think this was before the real boom of uh, credit card payments and stuff. So uh, apparently that put a real uh, what's the word? Uh, a sorry note. I don't know. Be With, be in their bonnet. Yeah, well, you can't swear on the air. <laughs> and uh, so the uh, an end and their nugget and their nugget, if you can call it that, I don't know. So the uh, promoters stopped, had hate with Hall and Nash and stuff, so never brought them back again. And unfortunately, never got to meet Scott Hall, which I uh, always wanted to do. He'd like somebody like you. He's like a, a little little drinker there. He'd like somebody that could make him laugh. He was uh, he was quiet. I remember the NWO reunion. He was very quiet. It was Hall, Nash, X-Pac, and Eric Bischoff. We were in Philadelphia. We were at the ECW Arena, so it was a great vibe. Uh, really cool uh, environment. We had NWO banner behind them. It was, uh, it, was, it was too sweet, and he was pretty quiet that day. Yeah, when I met K-1, 
Kevin Nash, uh, I can vividly remember because that night, me and my uh, good friend Stu, who was the person I was talking about earlier, were going out that night with our lady friends. And we had this brilliant idea of, okay, this Kevin Nash meeting Greek is at uh, five o'clock. It's 12 now. <laughs> Let's start drinking. Uh, so by three o'clock, we're already completely fucked. So we were like, there's no way I'm not meeting Nash, but they're not going to let us in when we're obviously fucked. So we had to, uh, shall we say, Chadster, uh, wake up. <laughs> and we were, and they, yeah, so we kept that. That always helps. Going. Oh yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll show you, I'll send you the photograph of uh, me when I was with Kevin Nash because while we were in the queue, it was moving so slowly. We had to run to the bathroom, and I was very energized, even more so. <laughs> it kicked so, in like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that if I was a tutor, <laughs> for a, for a giant school. I would have <laughs> giant pupils. <laughs> Hello, Dingster. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so um, I'll send you the, the me and Nash photograph. After I think I you did already. I think you said this the last time you were on. Oh, this yeah. photo was, uh, was already discussed. Uh, <laughs> but then the second time, hole. yeah, the second time we worked with them, they said he was a little ornery coming in. I, I think it's just because when you have a Mark promoter that we were working with that brought him in, I think that, you know, they, those guys smell blood and he was cool as hell with everybody else. But you know, you know how it is. One guy ruins it for everybody. Yeah. But that's the thing about Scott Hall is that like, and I know you love the term uh, underrated or overrated or any of that. Shit. Oh, man, I love but it. I, yeah. But, but I do think that Scott <laughs> Hall will be known as the smartest wrestler that there's ever been. Yeah. Cause uh, he didn't give a fuck what he had to do. Like that TNA run. But he was like, am I getting paid? Uh, yes. Well, is it big money? Yes. Then I will go out there dressed as Elvis, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, he gets so much flack for so many things. Like, and this is there's two things I thought about a lot over the last week. One, all this love for Razor Ramon. Well, I thought this was a down period that I've been doing a show about for uh, the last year and a half. How is it there's all these Razor Ramon fans? Where the hell were they in the 90s? <laughs> Where yeah. were they during the new generation? Well, Here's one of my hot takes. Are you ready? I think that Razor Ramon is maybe the greatest wrestler to never be world champion. That's right. I'm saying it. <sighs> That's breaking news. I mean, I've never heard that before anywhere, especially in the last week. I haven't heard that anywhere uh, said by anyone. <laughs> um, you know, there's things that might have held him back. But let me give you the other little hot take that I seem to recall, and I guess everybody else has amnesia about uh, does everybody else remember when Scott Hall was vehemently hated by the entire wrestling community because he was the prototypical lazy, uh, you know, high card guy, just wants the money, doesn't care about the stories, doesn't care about the work. And, and everybody flipped and seemed to forget about that. Yeah. And joining the when they hated him three right. weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I was watching a lot of the TNA stuff from like 2010 when Hogan and Bischoff came in and my favorite part of that was the band with X-Pac Hall and Nash. They beat up Eric Young, you know, and they got the tag belts. They fought Team 3D. And yeah, Hall was old. He was in his 50s and he still, you know, was wrestling. But they were entertaining as hell. You know, they added the Wolfpack music back in and it was like, okay, I can get into this, but 
the whole entire wrestling world hated it. They didn't want Scott Hall on TV. And now look at them. Everybody's kissing his ass. And every two seconds, it's another tribute. And it's just, it's, it's disingenuous. I don't like it. Yeah, it, it, it annoys me, the, the fakeness of it all. But that always happens. Like Everybody loves the person who just died, even though right. they, there's no history of them talking about them ever. Yet, if you go back and listen to my uh, appearances on this show, I have spoken about my love of Scott Hall, my 50% half a queer uh, thoughts about Scott Hall, very handsome man, very manly <laughs> man. But it is, I have to say, like it is crazy that Vince didn't ever make him the champion because especially in the 94 when he's this mega baby face and Brad Hart's really not drawing any big numbers. No. Why the fuck would you not give it to Scott Hall who even looked like one of those 80s guys because he's about 6'8", right, right. built as a tank, handsome, great promos, funny in real life interviews. Bret Hart had none of that. Well, Bret Hart was handsome, but he's boring as fuck. Yeah, if you take out like the Owen Hart feud of Bret, you know, you got your Bob Backlund, your Yoko Zuna at the same time. Razor Ramon's got Diesel and Shawn Michaels, and he's having these awesome matches. You think you'd flip it, but, you know, on paper, he was the prototypical intercontinental title guy during that time period. So he fit perfectly with the belt, but it's just funny because I, you know, I knew he was a five-time Intercontinental Champion, and that's what we're going to look at. We're just going to look at the five championship victories. I, I didn't realize that one of them wasn't even on TV. <laughs> I completely forgot that. But he's the guy that you looked at as the workhorse on the card. He will guaranteed have a great match. It's not going to be any question. He's entertaining on the mic. He's he's a, a, a colorful guy to look at. He was perfect at the time. So, I, I mean, I personally think he stays where he is. Now, if he was going to be elevated to world champ, it's when he would have left. It's 96, when they needed somebody in that picture. Well, that's that's actually goes back to my point of me talking about how smart uh, Hall was because I remember an interview he did with, well, I think it was Sean Oliver, and they were interviewing Hall, and he said that, when he was negotiating with WCW, the thing that Vince said to him was uh, about uh, doing a world title match with Shawn Michaels on pay-per-view, and it would be um, a, for a ladder match. Because, you know, Hall right, the tiebreaker. Yeah, so it would have been like, who's going to win and it's the main event? And Hall said that Vince probably would have given him a run with the belt, but he couldn't guarantee him a raise and he's like well then i'm going where the money is and it's like well and the guys are look at everybody's doing cody rhodes cody rhodes is going to wwe because that's where the money's going to be the guys go where the money goes it's not about who's going to win or lose the guys who want that just they need to kind of be taken out of the business because they're killing it paul was right on the money he's like look he says it all the time he didn't want he said to bret hardy was the four hundred thousand dollar a year champion as long as he could beat you in the middle of the ring with the sharpshooter he was happy with what he was making, but all the other guys weren't. All the other guys wanted to make more money. And Hall marked there, man. Right. And th so if, if Hall stays, let's say Hall stays, Nash goes. The NWO doesn't happen the same way because you need Hall to have the NWO. Does Scott Hall get the world title that summer? Because Shawn Michaels wasn't cutting it. The ratings were in the toilet. They weren't making any money on the house shows. They, they could have used a guy like Razor Ramon as the world champ. Yeah, and especially... Uh... He could work with anyone there, man. And uh, the, the entrance music is, it, it, to this day, it's one of the coolest theme songs ever. 
Yeah. And look, Razor Ramon's in the WWE Hall of Fame. You know, Scott Hall got in in the NWO bill, but the Razor Ramon character is what's in the WWE Hall of Fame. And the Razor Ramon character was only around from the end of 92, you know, summer 92 through the spring of 96. So not a huge sample size, but it made a big impact. And possibly, I've, I've said it, there's five guys for the new generation era it's Sean, Diesel, Brett, Undertaker, and Razor as those top five guys that you look at for this era is hall the fifth guy is hall the third guy where does he kind of fall in that discussion he's not the top guy but maybe he's in the three slot perhaps uh well back then i would say diesel would be the, the fifth guy and taker i was a fan of but at the same time he wasn't like holy shit it's the legend he was just around. He was still around in major storylines, but he wasn't what he would be only a few years after. Yeah, but but I I probably would put Hall in the one or two spot. But in the one or the two, thing okay. That always I always find fascinating about him is that he came in as pretty much a, a WCW jobber there, man, to come in and be a top guy immediately. Right. Yeah. Which is which is unusual for Vince, and especially one of uh, for those who haven't heard me on this show before, we did a, a episode about WrestleMania nine and the many uh, canceled matches that were planned. And at one point, Razor was supposed to go in there and to WrestleMania nine to work with the Macho Man, which would have been fucking excellent because yeah. I don't know if they had any televised singles matches, but. Uh, that I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, very odd. I mean, we talked about it then too. I believe they had some dark matches. They had, you know, Coliseum videotaped matches. I'm sure if there was Saturday night's main event during that time frame, they would have had a Saturday night's main event, main event match, but no, they never got it. And the WrestleMania nine would have been great because he gets Bob Backlund at WrestleMania nine and kind of just like a throwaway victory. You know, it's like yeah. it's a good victory, I guess. But that's another reason why I didn't want to do. So Husey had suggested doing the WrestleMania matches. And it's like WrestleMania 9 is, is a nothing match. You know, WrestleMania 11 or 10 is their ladder match. So we'll talk about that on this. 11 is like another th- kind of throwaway match with Jeff Jarrett. And then 12, he's not on it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, he, he was supposed to be in the backlot brawl. But, you know, he, they popped him for a drug test that presumably wasn't even legit. They did the old Jeff Hardy uh, to him. So yeah. uh, his WrestleMania stuff really wasn't that impressive. But I'll never uh, f- forget. I mean, obviously, John Paz mentioned that on his uh, Scott Hall episode the other week. That, that night he debuted on Nitro. Like that, that, hey there, man. That changed the business forever there, man. Uh, like it was just like, what the fuck's going on? Like it was. Right. The, it's probably the only time since where you've ever genuinely been like, what the fuck? The only thing I could compare it to is, do you remember there was a SummerSlam? Uh, I can't remember the date of it now, but the main event was Cena versus Brock Lesnar, and it was even though it's the main event, Lesnar just beat the well. Okay, is so that where he just suplexed him a million times, and and that was it? Yeah, and Cena get zero offense in. Yeah. And I remember there being a lot of people, and like Lesnar was working really stiff, and I yeah. remember there being a rumor at the time online of people going, was that legit? Like, did Lesnar just fucking go into business for himself and, and beat the shit out of Cena? And 
that and you never really get those sort of things where people are actually going, is this real? Is this really happening? Yeah, Iron man. The uh, hey, come on, the buildup for that Scott Hall is involved with. Come on, the Hulk Hogan birthday party that year. Remember? I forgot. Oh, that's right. When he got in uh, Piper's face, he got in everybody's <laughs> face. He got in Piper, Flair, and Nash's face. And Piper is channeling uh, 1985 and was ready to throw down <laughs> with that. That's hilarious. That. <laughs> uh, speaking of Hall and Piper, anyone listening, if you go check out the Keep No 100 official YouTube channel. You will hear of some very interesting stories told about the Scott Hall versus Roddy Piper feud yeah. from 98 or 99 uh, in the only way disco can. It's uh, I, I listened to that. Honestly, out of all the Hall stuff I listened to this week, I listened to the Piper, Hall, Nash, Flair, X-Pac stuff like 17 times in different interviews and different clips. The one There's one guy who has all the match footage mixed with like the interview footage and it's it's awesome right? that's one thing i can recommend but let's talk about quickly about uh razor ramon the intercontinental title so he leaves wcw and dally and scotty comes north and he joins the wwf he's put right with flair savage and uh, uh the mr perfect storyline it was really ultimate warrior perfect takes his place um he faces brett at the royal rumble loses backland at wrestlemania but after the one, two, three kid upset, which I've talked about on the show countless times, he's turned baby face in the summer. Okay. Which we all know. So he turns baby face. It's going to lead to one thing. It's the intercontinental title, which he wins in what I said was my favorite match of those first two years of raw, the intercontinental title finals after the battle Royal, Rick Martel and Razor Ramon. What are your memories and thoughts? Uh, so explain to me the thing with Shawn Michaels. Was that a, a storyline or was that legitimate? He actually did get fired from WWE. So there's the two. There's the, I, I'm not sure which rumor is correct for this one, but there was a underage girl rumor. There was a drug test rumor. And I think might have happened parallel. So that's why he's taken off a of TV. But if you remember, he's taken off a of TV in uh, the early, between SummerSlam and Survivor Series, right? And he's brought back for Survivor Series to fill in for Jerry Lawler, who's having some issues of himself, <laughs> of himself at that point. Um, and then he's kind of gone again until they reignite the feud for the build up to WrestleMania. Yeah, because I, I remember, uh, I remember there being a, 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 a excuse me, I'm completely high on ecstasy. Uh, I remember there being an angle on Raw where. Uh, Shawn Michaels jumped Razor and Razor's edged him yes. on the concrete like three or four times. And it was pretty fucking impressive that Shawn could do that because that, that's the, the other thing about Hall. He was because he was so big physically that uh, when he would feud with these heels, they would always be smaller than him, but he, they right. still made it work. And but the Martel thing uh, was in that his last match for a while. So it's not. He does come back for the Royal Rumble, and he's still around around WrestleMania time because he's in the big 10-man tag that's uh, scrapped from the card. Um, but that was his probably last high-profile match in the WWF because it was seemingly out of nowhere that he was back in uh, that part of 94, in the fall of 94, has a great showing. And, I mean, two guys like that having a, like at least a 15-minute match on Raw at the time 
that was a pretty big deal. And it just, you know, you, you think back now and you say, oh, well, was it obvious that Razor Ramon was going to win? And I got to be like, no, <laughs> no, it really wasn't. You, you really thought that, well, why was Rick Martel back? And now in the Intercontinental title finals in, in a battle royal getting to the last two, you did not know who was going to win. And Razor did win. And I just watched that clip before we started. Crowd's going nuts. Vince is going nuts. And Hall, I got to say, as much of a worker as he is, you can tell looks genuinely accomplished because of his story to get to that point of his career. Yeah, and I, I, this is going to – well, of course, I'm a fucking Scott Hall mark, but some people just look good with title belts. Like yes. I remember when, <laughs> when Goldberg beat Hogan uh, for the belt, it just looked good around him because he's a big – wrestler looking wrestler uh, and it's a razor ramon and then when he would have that gold belt and he would do the entrance and the waistcoat and the music and the gold chain and the toothpick and the slick tower you go that guy's fucking cool and not only was he cool he was cool during the fucking cartoon era his, yeah. his gimmick was a fucking drug dealer that's yeah essentially it his gimmick is based off of a murderous drug dealer you know, he he made it work. They didn't have crazy, fancy uh, pyrotechnics, even though he got it eventually, but he had lights. They had the gold lights that they'd shine on his entrance, and it just matched the gold on his, you know, on his neck, the waist. Mm. The the tights always, you know, matched what he – it just – it was a perfect mix. So as, as the Intercontinental Champion, you're right, he's outshining the top of the card. You know, your favorite guy, Lex Luger, is in the, the title picture at that point. By the way, have you ever seen SummerSlam 94? We'll talk about SummerSlam 94 in a, in a couple of minutes here, but is there anything you, you'd like to point out before? Yeah, you will never see it coming. That's all I'm saying. Check out Luger <laughs> versus Tatanka and get ready to hit your jaw on the carpet. I, you know, again, I will concur. It's absolutely correct. Uh, on the road to SummerSlam 94, and I'm, we'll just mention it because of the match itself. Now, the over under word that we don't like to use on this show, um, you know, could apply to this match. The, the, the ladder match, they say it's the first it's not, but nonetheless, it's still the best match on the show for WrestleMania 10. It's a retaining of the championship for razor Ramon, but he gets to hold two belts, the fake and the real intercontinental title. Yeah. This match is so good. And the fact that it holds up, like I actually watched it the night, it was the day that Scott Hall died. I watched it before I went to bed. And then I woke up in the morning. He had passed away. It, it's, it's fucking like, like I dare any adult of our age to watch that and not start marking out. And it's that bit at the end, like uh, giving away the finish, brother, <laughs> where uh, Shawn Michaels is tied up in the ropes and he's struggling to get out. And Razor Ramon's been the shit beat out of him the whole match. And he's slowly climbing up the ladder. And Madison Square Garden's going ape shit bananas. And just every time Sean gets a little bit uh, looser from the ropes, Razor starts moving slower. Yeah. Yep. And then just the, the way they timed it, which is incredible because fucking Razor's back is to Sean. Just as he grabs the belt, the, the second that Sean gets fully released and the crowd pop, it's like, that was it. That is that match is so good. Yeah. That uh, I, I'm sure you've heard that there's going to be a Scott Hall Memorial Ladder match at WrestleMania for the IC belt. Is this is this legit? Well, I've, I, they haven't officially confirmed it, but uh, apparently they are. 
which is a, a nice touch. But I honestly think that this still may be the greatest ever ladder match. It's definitely, oh yeah, it's definitely great. I mean, just I think in the Pantheon, I actually like the SummerSlam match more. I, I will say that. I don't know why Ooh. I do like that match more, but this is, yeah, it's an amazing match. And again, the, that image of him sliding underneath the ladder, you know, doing the Razor Ramon glide with those lights and that vest and everything. Just the the perfect uh, create an entrance, I guess, for you uh, video game aficionados, uh, without a doubt. Now, if I told you, what, less than uh, a month later, he drops the Intercontinental title to Shawn Michaels' bodyguard, Diesel, would you say that was a good booking decision or a bad one? Uh, I thought it was brilliant at the time. I remember, uh, of course, at the Rumble, because that's one of the things, because Diesel pretty much stole the shitty Rumble 94. But then yeah. they didn't book him at WrestleMania, even in a, even in a squash match, which I thought was, was strange. Uh, so uh, for him to get that belt, I thought absolutely made sense. And then I remember watching that. I can't remember. Oh fuck! I can't remember if it was Superstars or Raw, but it was with Sean and Diesel beating. Then the camera follows them as they go out into a limo, yeah. and I think they're like drinking a champagne bottle or yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like oh, this is different. This is different to the say your prayers, brother. Because it's like okay, these guys are actually going to go party now, right? Yeah, and we, we never saw a guy that big be the Intercontinental Champion. We were always told it was that smaller guy was that hard-working dude. Now we have a giant monster who's the Intercontinental Champion, and you go, okay, who's stopping him now? How yeah. is he? Who's taking this belt off of him? And it's Razor. Razor stays completely in the mix, with, feuding with both Shawn Michaels and Diesel. And uh, there's also a match on 94 on Raw, where they did a rematch of Brett of Sean versus Razor, and it's like a twenty-five minute match, and yes. it's it, oh my god, completely like, forgotten about. Nobody ever talks about that match at all. Yeah, it's like in the burly full small theater show, but it it's just it, we we are the luckiest fucking people I, ever. We are <laughs> like like people can go oh back in my day. It was like no back in our day, it was the best era, and that's that. But that's what I don't get about every fan now thinking every show has the best match ever and every one that, that, that comes on next. Oh, that match is unbelievable. Like they go in with the expectation of it being a great match and this is going to be an epic all-time encounter when we're just watching a one-hour show once a week and we, we're like, oh, this is a rematch. We've seen this match before. It's going to be good. And you're like, oh, damn, I didn't expect it to be that good. Well, around this time in the timeline uh... – I'm going to give a a hot take. Well, this isn't even a hot take. Uh, To me, the greatest tag match of all time was Razor and 123Kid against Sean and Diesel. And it was, what was it on, called Warzone or something? No, the Action Zone. It was the, uh, I believe it was the debut of a new Sunday show. It took the place of All-American Wrestling on USA Network. The Action Zone hosted the Todd Pettengill vehicle. This is where Todd Pettengill's on commentary. Yeah, it's it's the greatest tag match I've ever seen, and it's still not on the network. Which it's, is really, it's not. It's still not there. You can only get it in HD if you buy. There's a click DVD. Yeah, but that match is I've watched that dozens of times. It's it's Kevin Nash at his best, tall at his best. It's oh my god, and that's the thing. It was so good that I 
I'm surprised that they didn't try to put that on a pay-per-view. Yeah, it's click on click violence is what we would uh, refer that to where everybody's getting involved. Uh, But they continue the click on click violence. And I'm going to throw out a statement here to you, and I'd love to uh, get your take on it. Uh, Razor Ramon defeats Diesel uh, at SummerSlam in Chicago at the United Center with Walter Payton in the bad guy's corner. So cheap pop for the uh, legend of the uh, gridiron for Chicago. I'm going to say this. Do you think Razor Ramon and Diesel have better in-ring chemistry than Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon? Uh, No, but it's very close. Uh, They have an epic match. They steal the show. Yeah, that's the... That's the crazy thing. This is the second uh, pay-per-view in a row where Razor has the best match and fucking comes out on top. Yet Bret Hart is the one that gets uh, the push. Yes, it's very odd, you know, and and at that point. But again, now we got Bret and Owen at that point. So that's the story you want if you're in a main event title match is that brother versus brother, all the animosity, the bad blood. We're just seeing better match. Well, I mean, they still, I mean, they had great matches, Owen and Brett, but we're seeing more of a, a I, I think, you know, the double main event between the two. And actually, we're both wrong. The main event of SummerSlam 94 is The Undertaker versus Undertaker. Yeah, that that's a classic. A great, of course, with Undertaker versus Taker, Diesel versus Razor, Brett versus Owen, and Tatanka versus Luger. You never see it coming. But no, but with with Razor and Diesel, it, it is. Um, I remember this match because I got the the '94 SummerSlam VHS as a gift. Uh, oh, did you? Uh, okay, from a pedophile. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but uh, the that match was because at the time it was very cartoony. But that match was very cool, and you've got the cool looking Diesel versus the cool looking Razor Ramon. And it's very NWO-ish of what we were to get right. uh, two years later. Yeah, it really is. It's very, it's very like rough and tumble. And there's a lot of like behind the referee stuff going on and a lot of interference. It's very, yeah, it's very reminiscent of the NWO. Um, but we didn't, I don't think we knew at that point Diesel was going to get elevated to the world title. It really wasn't in the cards. He was co-tag champs. With Shawn Michaels. I remember watching live with Regis and Kathy Lee knowing there was going to be wrestlers on. And when Shawn Michaels and Diesel came out with the uh, tag straps and they were like, yeah, we just won these uh, last night at a live event. I was like, what? (laughs) How the hell did that happen? Uh, Did they ever actually defend those belts on TV? I don't think they did. Maybe they had a rematch against the Head Shrinkers on Raw, but I don't think they ever had a full-fledged built-up tag title defense you know hey yeah uh, more like the written shrinkers <laughs> what's the next topic yeah we're gonna move on uh he keeps the belt this is probably his longest stretch with the intercontinental title as he goes all the way to the royal rumble where he would lose in controversial fashion to jeff jarrett who was on the rise who now has the roadie and uh originally he retains by count out and Jeff Jarrett, being the uh, valiant heel that he is, demands you know uh, uh, a better shot at the belt, and he gets it. And Razor Ramon's working the knee, and he uh, essentially loses the title because his knee gives out on him. Yeah, I loved that match at the time because Jeff Jarrett was such a punchable heel. He was. Uh, and Razor was so cool, so popular. 
Uh, I wonder though uh, if Scott Hall tried to how many times he tried to speak to old Pamela Anderson. <laughs> well, that whole click, I would love to know uh, what really went on. I mean, they've they've told some stories, but nothing uh, nothing too uh, controversial came out of it. But you would think uh, Tommy Lee would keep Hall very far away from uh, one Pam. Yeah, I heard that they were going to have uh, a Tommy Lee's penis match and they had to climb up it to unhook the IC belt. <laughs> you know, I think that would have been uh, would have sold some uh, some pay per views. Now. We move on to that's a great match. Okay, uh, we get to WrestleMania. Like I said, it's a throwaway uh, match with uh, Razor and Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett retains. That's something. <coughs> excuse me, that I always find strange, and it's not a good sign for a wrestler's future. And I remember that even at the time as a kid, or should I say, a, a little young Mark, that I noticed. Oh, he's in the exact same position as the year before. The year before yep. Usually, I always th- they move up or down the car. Right, and you're not Hulk Hogan, so that's very like evident when you're in the same spot. Yeah, and it's really like uh, I and I remembered the fact that it was a rematch from a Rumble match, and there was no even like gimmicks on it. It wasn't like a cage match or anything like that. It was just oh, it's the same again. That kind of dull. I thought. Uh, yeah, it's really weird because uh, uh, you know, a little over a month later, he would retain, he would regain the title, but at a house show, and this I completely forgot. So I thought he had the five victories all on television or pay per view. This is at the Montreal Quebec Forum, May nineteenth, nineteen ninety five, in front of eighty five hundred people. You got Razor Ramon in the main event, defeating WWF Intercontinental Champion Jeff Jarrett to win the title in a ladder match. Now, why the hell was that not on TV? That's that's something that uh, I've always find it strange when you hear WWE doing gimmick matches on house shows. Because if I'm going to risk breaking my neck, it better be on pay per view. Yeah, and this is a, and they did ladder matches a lot on the house shows, uh, and even the next year with Shawn Michaels um, as a world champ, they would have world championship uh, ladder matches and. Kind of loses the allure, but I guess you know it's the same thing as seeing a um, a casket match, right, at a house show. They did that as a huge staple. You'd think that that's something you'd save for television or pay per view, but it's you know house show, but it Wait, sells the tickets. Who did Sean have house show ladder matches with? Goldust. Oh fuck's sake! Yeah, gold. If you go and look at the uh, the the results, mid ninety six. As they're trying to see who's going to work with Shawn Michaels, you'll see the, the Shawn Michaels gold dust ladder matches. So uh, Razor gets it back. So when does he drop it back to Jarrett? So that's why I'm get, grabbing the date as we speak. It would only be a mere days later as he would regain the, the uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett would regain the Intercontinental Championship at another house show in a ladder match. May that's- 22nd. Yeah, that that's uh, business must have been bad there, man. So they were trying to get people back to the back back on the road, brother. Uh, yeah, that that's a total waste of time, if you ask me. It's 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 really one of the worst decisions that they could have possibly uh, have made. Um, now he gets hurt throughout this time. He's uh, yeah. he's off TV. He's in the corner of Savio Vega for the King of the Ring tournament. And that 95 King of the Ring tournament is 
really bad. <laughs> it's just really, really bad. Uh, apart from the main event, which I think I speak for everyone, because maybe the greatest match of all time, which was, of course, Bigelow and Nash versus Tatanka and Sid. The, the reason why I bought the network. That'd be Just for that match alone, huh? Oh, uh, the greatest time and the smartest booking that there's ever been. I mean, they, they could have just done like a fucking, like a match where it's like a three-way or a four-way and Diesel gets stretchered at the start of it and then he comes back and makes the big jackknife finish something. Like mm-hmm. they, they could have done something else apart from, oh my God, it was shit. Horrible. Just absolutely uh, horrible. And you got to question why they would do something like that. But nonetheless, a main event of the pay-per-view that was, showed no star power whatsoever. Kiss my foot match. Shawn Michaels is eliminated in the tournament. The Undertaker is eliminated in the tournament. Razor Ramon can't work. And Diesel, your world champs in a tag match. Yeah, it's it, that's that may have been the lowest point of WWE at a low point. Like it was, that was really shit. Yeah, that was really bad. Uh, so we move along the timeline, Jeff Jarrett, who, who defeated Razor Ramon to get it back on May 21st in, um, <laughs> Trois Rivers, Rivers, Quebec, big house that night, uh, would lose it to Shawn Michaels, who would then face Razor Ramon in the rematch of the ladder match. Like I said, I like that match a lot more, but Sean gets the victory. Um, it's pretty good. It's that standout match of that show too. Diesel and Mabel wasn't doing it for you in the main event. Um, what do you think about that one compared to the other? Uh, I don't like it as much, but it's still fucking brilliant. Shawn Michaels was uh, was cool as fuck at this time. Uh, I remember Summer Sun '95 being a great event. I remember. The whole build-up to it was great. The the pay-per-view before it was in your house too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember that being great. I just think that this was uh this was the start of the, the right direction. Right. And uh but again, it just seems like it was another waste of time because because the thing is about Sean Mike about Sean Michaels is he didn't need that belt because you could already tell he was going on the way to he was on his way up. Yeah, so, but then again, Razor didn't need it again. But either way, I I can totally understand why they would do it again. Well, we still got one more reign left in the bad guy. Now, Shawn Michaels would hold that belt technically from July to October. But in between there, had a little incident in Syracuse, New York. And depending on who you listen to, got attacked by nine guys, 29 guys, or one guy. And had to forfeit the championship because, you know, that's what Shawn Michaels can do when he's got a belt. He forfeits it rather than job to the Dean, the franchise, Shane Douglas. Yeah, this was fucking horrible. Because I I remember it was not in your house for. In your house for the Great White North in Winnipeg, Manitoba. This is where, and I've talked to Shane about this. They were doing no business in the States, so they, like, lived in Canada, basically, because those are the (laughs) only places that they could draw, is in Canadian uh, provinces and overseas markets. Those are the only places that WWF was drawing. They were doing shit domestically, and this was a feud that was starting to build on TV between Dean and, and HBK, but there was no chemistry. The click hated Shane. 
Shane hated them. He was buried from the start. And this was really it. And he tells the great story. If you've ever heard it or, or you haven't, you should go seek it out. Uh, he's all in on. He's he's beating Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental Championship. He assumes he's going to lose it back to Shawn Michaels. While they're going through the finishes of the match, they basically point behind him. And Scott Hall is sitting on one of those uh, production uh, briefcases. And uh, it's revealed that he's just going to be handed the Intercontinental title and then lose it to Razor Ramon. And that's where he knew he, his career was over. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, even, even as a kid, I knew that was shit. Uh, they could have done, it could have been something like where there was a ladder match and the winner got it. And then Shawn Michaels could have done a run in and super kicked Shane Douglas. It, it's all they could have done. You know, and, uh, but I remember at the time thinking, this is boring because uh, th- this is what Razor's fifth time you said. No, it's the fourth. So I th- I said five. It was four. I thought there was a fifth one in there because of that house show one, but no, it was indeed yeah. four reigns with the Intercontinental title. So they did a, a fourth one, and and it's just but because it's it's just like it's the same again, and and it's boring. Like it, it just to sort of give a more modern reference. Do you remember when? Uh, in WWE, it seemed like it was Jericho and RVD and Christian were trading the belt every yes. fucking 20 seconds. Yes. And it's like, this is boring as fuck. Like, Jericho's like, I'm the 27th time Intercontinental yeah. Champion. Stuff. Yeah, he broke like, uh, Razor Ramon's record. Yeah, it's like, that just means it's 27 times a creative came up with the same idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that the, the problem with that belt is you should get, like, two runs with it. Uh, one is a face, one with a heel, and then maybe it's time to move them up the card. But this was this was crap at the time. It's even worse in hindsight. The match isn't good. The finish is all flawed. Shane's pitch to the finish was, I'm going to put my leg under the rope so the referee, it looks like they missed it. And Shane said they purposely changed the camera angle so they never, ever reference it ever again. And he's buried, and that's the end. And actually, on this coming week's Eyes Up Here watch-along, we watch the rematch from Monday Night Raw, Razor Ramon and Dean Douglas in a six-minute squash. <laughs> Razor just kills them off. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm never going to... I think you guys should always have Dean on that show now, just because uh, all the old uh, Franny was enjoying that. <laughs> Is she? Uh, are you upset that she doesn't love your accent the most now, and that she's changed? I I wouldn't believe that anyone would like my accent. I always <laughs> sound like I need to fucking hawk up as greener. I'm just glad this uh, earphone went out, so I don't have to hear it in, in stereo. Uh, <laughs> Razor Ramon would then lose the Intercontinental Championship to Gold Dust at the Royal Rumble. Very famously, the androgynous a uh, character that Goldust was fell in love quote unquote with Razor Ramon playing mind games and revealed the Razor Heart tattoo underneath his uh, singlet which is very odd when your parents are in the next room and you're watching that on Saturday morning uh they would deliver gold roses to Razor Ramon at the Raw Bowl and they really pushed this love storyline that Scott Hall admittedly was not really a fan of and uh, they kind of threw his curveball when Marlena debuted. So he wasn't all a bottom right. He was just kind of playing the mind games. And Goldust, great. Intercontinental champion. Perfect for him. But you figure that was Razor's time to move up the card. Yeah, it, it really was. And 
But at the same time, I remember getting stale because he'd been what a, a, the same character for like three years now. As what? As Razor? Yeah, as a baby fish. Sort of, but I don't think he could have turned heel. I think he would have been too uh, Teflon as a baby face. He's one of those guys. It's like it took that drastic Austin feud to turn Brett. I don't think he could have turned Razor Ramon. I don't know there, man. If it, like if I had the book, brother, there, man, <laughs> I, I, I definitely would have had Razor as a top heel against going up against like your Brett and your Sean's. And well, we already saw that, though. We saw Brett and a heel Razor Ramon. Uh, and razor not, razor lost not in the gimmick matches there brother that's true but still you know i think that that's kind of maybe what they thought or maybe you get the heel razor ramon against a baby face diesel that could work but then you know what i would have done i would have put the uh, diesel and razor in a tag team and i would have brought hulk hogan back <laughs> and i would have called them the reality of wrestling <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Or would they wrestle with reality? That's what I meant to say, for fuck's sake. And they were, reality they of wrestling say. is Booker T's <laughs> league yeah. in Texas. That probably makes me how about, take, how about this? Go take two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh and, and they and they would be called the reality check network. <laughs> how many people would they uh they reach with their uh respective promos? Uh people <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to beep uh, something oh. just for S's and G's, um, but it also make it more funny when nobody knows what you said. Um, <laughs> so that's it for Razor Ramon. He's uh, popped for a drug test at a house show in New Jersey. Doesn't know why. They send him home. The Hollywood backlot brawl uh, was supposed to be a Miami street fight at WrestleMania 12. That never happened. Uh, Goldust would then actually end up vacating the Intercontinental Championship for like a week because of a feud with Savio Vega, which you would presume would have been meant to be Razor Ramon. And the next time we see Razor Ramon, it's not him. And it's later in the year in 96. And I defy you to not laugh at the fake Razor Ramon Titan Tron. If you go look it up on YouTube. I've, I've never even seen it, but it's hilarious. You know, <laughs> you know what the problem is about the, the fake Razor and fake Diesel? They, they were actually good wrestlers. On their own, individually, they would have been pretty damn good if given the opportunity. But yeah, but the the fake Diesel and fake Razor had good matches, uh, and uh, I mean, I. But at the same time, what the fuck were they thinking? You know, I could see them doing one and not the other. Okay, mm. if they just wanted to have the fake Razor Ramon and it be like Jr.'s guy, like you know, kind of like just. He's a little delusional and JR is a little crazy. Not the D so like I could pass the fake razor and poor Glenn as that fake diesel. Like I just, you know, I try to forget it even happened. The fake razor one, that moment on that Monday night raw in Hershey, Pennsylvania is a great moment when they, they so cleverly don't shoot the entrance. They pull back to the camera from the sky and you just see him coming out and you're like, wait a second, maybe. Maybe I just watched Nitro, but maybe, uh, and you know, you're like, okay, it's not him. Yeah, but uh, as we're wrapping up, though, like Scott Hall, uh, it's so when you watch WCW, like that's someone having the time of their life. He he's finally making huge money, uh, guaranteed, 
he doesn't have to do this WWF shit where you're wrestling four or five times a week. In WCW, he's wrestling once every three weeks, if even that. Uh, he's getting paid loads. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the insider things he's saying, and, like, it's Scott Hall who turned us all into marks. Made you believe that what they were doing was the coolest thing on the planet. Yeah. Go, to the, go to Thompson Middle School, find a ladder in, like, the back upstairs uh, classroom that has NWO for life written all over it because of me with a little uh, black marker that I had. It was all because of Hall and Nash. You know, they were the cool ones of the group. You'd loved Hogan as a bad guy, but Hall and Nash had the coolness. And uh, I've got to say this, WWE 2K22 is out. I designed the Get My Go title. (laughs) And uh, Razor Ramon was, I just randomly put on an eight-man ladder match and Razor Ramon was the Get My Go world champion even when i brought my character to try and win it back he still fucking beat me you didn't say hello to the bad guy that's why that's right didn't say hey yo but uh (laughs) speaking of get my go i'd like to congratulate chad for currently being on the biggest will be the biggest gm yeah how about that huh and it all worked durban's plan worked and uh weird that someone have a problem with it I just have to point out that we say in the first five minutes what we admire about the guy and what we're not going to do on the episode. And yeah. everybody in the comments completely ignored that and just said, oh, we're just jealous. <laughs> and we're just uh, burying the guy because we wish we had his audience and this and that. And yeah, I do wish I had his audience. So you're right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not burying well, him because of that. That's 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 why his the criticisms in those comments are so dumb because like you just said, Everyone's complimenting him, saying this is great for him. Durban's all, uh, uh, I don't think, actually trashes. Uh, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, JD. DJ. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, uh, uh, I think, congratulations, you were in the you. GMG avatar. And I don't know if we're going to get to that again, but maybe uh, 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 a lawnmower thing, Get My Go, could get there. We got to punch up sometimes, you know. It's not always about punching down. Sometimes you got to get punched up to uh, recognize. And I think it was a great, uh, great show. And, you know, I just uh, said it there. I'll reiterate it one more time before we, uh, we wrap up. I stuck with audio. I didn't do YouTube. He did the YouTube thing. He hit it at the right time. So congratulations. You did the right thing. I'm just traditional to audio. Even this, we're doing this on video, but I'm ripping the audio of it. Because that's me. I like audio more. I'm an audiophile. Yeah, uh, just as well you're not a big fan of uh, Peter's. <laughs> that's what's setting you up, man. That's what yeah. I get. That's that's why I love the, the term. Have you ever heard of the term cinephile? I have. Yes, I yeah, have. Every time I go to the cinema. I don't know what they do in Ireland, but uh, I have not had the opportunity to, uh, to be there. So I can't corroborate whether you're telling a lie or you're telling the truth. So we'll just leave it as a cliffhanger as we wrap up. Uh, where can they find you? What do you want them to go look at, look at listen to, and watch? Uh, of course, you mentioned JD's YouTube. You can find me on YouTube at QZ Entertainment, the most ironically named uh, YouTube uh, channel in the world. Haven't uploaded there nearly a month, but I've got a shitload of clips just sitting there waiting to go. Uh, pro wrestling fans to check out Keep Number 100 Official. 
That's the official YouTube channel for the Controversial Podcast, which is by Disco Inferno and Conan. And if you want to get a, uh, follow me on social media, I'm at the Hughie on Twitter and I'm at the Hughie on Instagram. I don't want anybody DMing me, but you will anyway, over and over again. Why don't you let my comment through? Why did you block me? Yeah. Is that is that about what you get? I get I also get um people DM me questions for the Keeping 100 mailbag instead of just sending it to the mailbag. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so fucking frustrating and uh it's kind of, well actually you know it's going to talk about <laughs> never mind. <laughs> We'll keep, we'll go on for another uh, hour if we were to do that. So we'll uh, we'll say goodbye. If you want to follow me, it's at Chad EMB on Twitter, at IB Exclusives on the Instagrams. If you want to go to my website, it's IBExclusives.com. Uh, this website is TMPTEmpire.com. All the podcasts under the TMPT umbrella, uh, including a uh, interview with Hulk Hogan done by my uh, TMPT brother. John Paz and all the great shows he's got going on there, man. And the ones that I have, which is this one and Coliseum Chad, which will return next week for its one month special. You'll see what I've got up my sleeve for Coliseum Chad, uh, the third edition. And we will uh, not disappoint, hopefully. So what? Uh, Speaking of Coliseum, uh, I'm going to end with a recommendation for everyone to go check out. Uh, obviously, when Scott Hall died, everybody was watching his stuff on the network. There was a match uh, from a Coliseum videotape, which is on the network. Uh, Razor Ramon versus The Undertaker. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, I'd never seen it before, and it's I a great match, so go check it out. Undertaker's Gravest Matches, 1993. So there you there go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Not like I know or anything, but uh, please go watch that and wait for next week's uh, Coliseum Chad number three. For it's Husey. Hello, this is the Chadster. Goodbye. We will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the two man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.